What up, criminals? We're back with another big-ass, huge motherfucking interview. Luckily, this time, we got my homeboy Stallion, a.k.a. Nick, a.k.a. Nick the Stallion, a.k.a. Slick Nick the Stallion. Um, I met this homeboy at a Decimant show, Decimant Stallion. Shout-out Dub Thug, shout-out Brandon for bringing those fools out. Brought him out to Salt Lake City, and I was able to meet those guys, and I became... Pretty good friends with Nick. I'm, I'm going to call him Stallion. Pretty good friends with Stallion. And, you know, we've kept in touch ever since. So I'm super happy to have him on here. And, you know, homeboy's blowing up, like, within, like, the past fucking, like, year. So if you like dubstep and you like horses, check out Stallion. I'll plug all this shit. Let's get to the fucking episode. This interview was dope. <laughs> like yo give me access to uh i give me access to the the oh, cursor to your, to your mouse yeah yeah, 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 yeah I think that's one of the craziest options mm-hmm that's sick you can just literally hop on someone else's session from across the country yeah and just uh do something cool I feel like like zoom I mean it's called zoom meeting so you can tell it's probably made for like conference meetings and shit like that but now it's just being I, I bet one of its main sources is like music artists or like just something oh, in the music industry. Just music, sports, I'm sure they're like doing shit with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Just every industry. Can Some shit's there. going on. Some Yeah. Shit. All right, dog. Criminals here. Back with another episode. And this special guest is with a homie that I met. When did we meet, dog? I know it was at the Salt Lake Dude. City show, but... When yeah. was it? End of, end of night 2019, huh? December? Yeah. I I think maybe a little earlier, like November. Because it was got, starting to get cold. Yeah. Um, December, but it, maybe around there. Winter of 2019? Uh, yeah, me and Ryan Decimate played a show out there. Yeah, y'all. Y'all had <laughs> shout, shout out Dub Thugs. That shit was tight, man. Shout out Dub Thugs that they had. Decimate and Stallion, which is this episode's guest, Stallion. Introduce yourself, brother. What's going on, man? Stallion. Uh, yeah, from New York. New York. And why? Right. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and drop all your socials. I like I'll I'll talk with you after and see like which shows socials you want me to pinpoint. Cool. But do you do you just want me to call you Stallion? Address you as uh, call me Nick, man. Call I know. Nick. I go by. Nick. All right, Nick. Um, so you're from New York, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Born, Long born, Island. born and born raised. raised. Yeah. Born and raised across the country, basically, because I'm over here yeah. chilling. I'm chilling in Idaho right now. It's crazy. Yeah, imagine. How that. far was that Salt Lake show for you? All right. So during that Salt Lake show, I was living in, in Utah. So it was only like an hour and a half out. Mm. But from where I'm at now, it would probably be about two and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. But still, regardless, like, wasn't that bad? Because it was really, like, cool, man, going to Utah. I've never been to anything like that. Really? When, uh, yeah. Salt Lake City. 
when you just look around and there's just mountains everywhere. Basically surrounding entire entire yeah, that was that was really cool. New shit. Is that like new scenery for you? Absolutely. How big is Buffalo? Oh, or Long Island. Uh, yeah, Long Island. Um I don't know why I thought Buffalo. I was just like Buffalo. No, yeah. Long Island's pretty big. I live in Suffolk County, which is out east. Um, you could probably drive to the city from here in about, you know, hour and a half, two hours with traffic. With traffic? I guess uh, it's not too bad, yeah? Nah, not too bad. And uh, the, the train is dope. You know, if you want, if you want to hop in for a weekend, you just take the train, the LIRR. Yeah, I got a question for you. Um, What's up? Do you know much about baseball? Not really. I'm not right. a big. Uh, I actually played lacrosse. Uh, fucking oh, really? Long Island. <laughs> Go figure. That's but cool. Yeah, I played lacrosse growing up, and I played lacrosse in college also. Like I could probably Google this and find out, but like, what does the Mets stand for? Like the New York Mets, the Metropolitans. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I fucking, that, I, I called that. it, man. I called it. Uh, it's almost positive. It's the Metropolitans. Yeah, that that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. But how old are you, brother? City, uh, I'm 25, man. 25, dog. There's yeah. so many young fools in the scene right now. It's crazy. It make me feel bad all the time. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> so real. Like a 17 year old kid just crushing it. Like yeah, like the stupidest tunes ever. Like the homie that I that I told you about, the homie from Italy. Uh huh. He's only 18, and I'm like, bro, this is crazy. Um, and then you got Sizzy. I think he's 16 or 17. And like Yari's 18 or 19. And you just got a bunch of young fools. Crazy, man. But even it's, so, I, I like... It's really I inspiring. I oh, think, yeah. To like see all these kids just doing their own thing, their own style. And it just works so well. And like mad people are catching on to it and start to like it. You know, it's like, oh, shit. You know, I want to do my own thing. And, and it, it's just really inspiring to me. I think it's also cool as hell that like, like there's basically no excuse nowadays, just because everything is so accessible. Like everything's online. You just need a computer, basically, and a mouse, mm-hmm. uh, some type of doll, and like you can make music. Yeah, man. There's so much good information out there on how to get started on sound design, mixing, mastering, everything. Yeah. So it's really just how much you want to grind at it, and you so can, you can get good pretty quick now. Oh yeah. I mean, there's tutorials everywhere, and I think there's more people out there that's trying to help or wants to help more than people who who don't. Like, I, I guess a better way of like saying it is that like the help is out there, and more people want to help out than you think. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so much information and and cool people out there just trying to help, like you said. Yeah. I remember when we were in Salt Lake City, you know, I, um, it was my first time meeting you, and we got to talk a little about like your background and, you know, why you started making dubstep. Mm-hmm. But, but we'll, we'll recap on that because I think you said you were in a were you in a band before? Yeah, no, okay. I was actually, uh, uh, like sixteen, seventeen. I was in a band that was like pretty serious. Uh, we would travel around, play shows. Um, it was a really cool experience and like a first step into the music industry. 
Uh, I've always played guitar. That's that's what I played in the band. Uh, so I played guitar. I played a little drums. You know, I've always been involved in music. Um, so then as I got older, uh, I went to college for music industry. It was called. Where at? Um, Oneonta, upstate New York. Damn, big rolling dog. Yeah, yeah. It was uh that was pretty cool. I went yeah. to the music industry and that that program was awesome. There was a lot of like a lot of my professors were from the music industry. Uh and I learned a lot about like royalties, like you know, all all that um uh, publishing, all that kind of stuff, going over contracts. Um but anyway, how I got into dubstep was uh in college I went to a show. Uh it was actually Rest in peace, Datsik was my first show. R.I.P. Uh, dude, he he was my R. first R. one too. That's crazy, man. I think we I think we talked about that. Uh-huh. Went to Datsik and I was like, "What is this music?" You know, like I got into electronic music, like house and all that stuff. Um, and I got I I started producing like rap beats like way back in like Fruity Loops and stuff like that. And then once I really got, I started to just love dubstep and the energy so much. I was like, I got to give this a try. And I got Ableton and just grinded like all through college. Um, I'm just going to call back the statement that you said that you started producing rap beats. If you didn't start out producing rap beats, I don't know if I trust you. Right, bro. Yeah. For real. Um, So what year did you go to your first tactic show? Oh man. I want to say it must have been around 2014 or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And even then I wasn't totally like I was just like damn, I got really interested in dubstep. I started going to a few more shows and then I went to a festival. I went to Moonrise, like I think Moonrise 2016 or 2017. Yeah. And that's what did it, man. Like, you know, it was just a good group of people. We all went and it was just such an amazing experience. Yeah. You know, when you have your first festival, it's it's like unlike anything you've ever been to or experienced uh, as of live music, you know, for me. Yeah. And that's what I was like, all right, there's really something here. I really want to try this for myself. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I think one of my biggest festivals or first biggest festivals was hard summer in LA and that shit was so cool because it was the music was so diverse and there were so many hip-hop acts all at the festival too mm-hmm. it was crazy it was really that's fun. cool that shit was so diverse but it was probably hands down one of my favorite shows that I've ever been to was, yeah, was that was that I feel like there's always that one that you remember and it's like, wow, that really changed my perspective on things a little bit. Yeah. But so you started producing first show in 2014. Uh, when do you think you first bought Ableton and actually started producing? So what did, did you have it before then? I got Ableton in college, but I still wasn't making like dubstep. So I'd say all through college, my four years in college, I was I was getting on Ableton, but I was still mainly doing rap beats. I was trying to like sell them and do that whole thing, you know. Of course. Um, and it wasn't actually until my last year of college that I really got serious about dubs dubstep alone. Yeah. 
I would try, I would, I kind of transitioned. Like I started making like trap, like I was into nightmare, like back in the day and like house and stuff like that. Uh, but then my senior year of college, we actually went to Lost Lands. It was the first year of Lost Lands. It was Lost 20, Lands was crazy. 2017. The first year? Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. First year of Lost Lands. The first year was probably my favorite just because everything Dude, was new. Me too, man. Like that was a very similar experience. I'm just like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like this shit is so awesome. Like, um, And then, yeah, it was, wasn't until like the end of my last year of college. So like 2017, I, I really started grinding on dubstep. I've only really been producing dubstep for like less than three years. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm relatively new to the genre. You're relatively new, but you're definitely like the, your work has like shown it itself. Like uh, I, you went full head on into it. Right. And you're getting the recognition you deserve. Like, thank you, man. Thank you. You have releases on Savage Society. Uh, you just released with Bygor. Bygor is like, a big one. Um, you you said that Decimate Ryan, he's was mm-hmm. probably one of the first bigger artists to recognize you. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about um, that. I had, yeah, I had literally my first release ever. Um, my my whole plan was to just, I made probably a thousand dubstep songs. Like when I first really got it, like I just grinded, grinded, finished songs. My plan was to just make a song good enough to get on a label. You know, I didn't want to do where you, I was trying to get traction on my own and putting stuff out on my own to start, you know? And um, I don't know if you remember, but Monks had a a label called uh, Wonks Promotions. Yep, Wonks. Yeah, yeah. And that, those guys gave me my first start. Uh, my first, I think it was my first track I put out called Blow Up. Um, it has like 60K to this day, like did really well with On them. SoundCloud? On SoundCloud, God yeah. damn, 60K. And I put out, yeah, those were like, I feel like I caught the golden age of like the end of SoundCloud. It's been declining a little, but uh, Ryan reached out to me about that song. He's like, dude, I love this song. I've been playing it. You good? I'm Wrong pipe? Oh man, Dang. we're talking water, dead. water down the wrong pipe, man. Chris is dead, guys. <laughs> oh, I'm about to meet Dad six soon. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Oh. All right, my bad, my bad. No, you're good. 60, yeah, six. Oh, sixty k. Like catching SoundCloud on the tail, yeah. Because right, like, right. You asked me, but SoundCloud anyway, Ryan. Uh, SoundCloud's pretty dead now, man. Yeah. It's just like. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Ryan reached out about one of my earliest tunes and he's like, man, I love this. Uh, I've been playing it and this and that. I was like, oh, it was my first time like anyone ever played my song. So we just uh, kind of built a relationship. We started working on stuff like very shortly after that uh, together. Yeah. Uh, he introduced me to the Savage guys, which are all like my absolute homies now. Um and uh, yeah, it, it just the ball kept rolling from there. Yeah, I went on uh, Savage Selects Three. I think it was. It was my yes, first sir. Compilation with them. Mm-hmm. And then you were on Four as well. Mm-hmm. And four think, as well. 
last time we talked, um, you were getting ready to release Drip Dub. Yeah, so Drip that Drip was Dub? my. They actually officially, you know, made me a, a part of the gang, a, a yes. Savage member, uh-huh. um, and that was my big like coming out single. Drip which Dub. is is which is crazy. That's awesome, so, especially so because, like you said, you've been producing dubstep for like less than three years, but right. the momentum picked up and it's been running. And you just yeah, released man. with Bygor. Yeah. How'd you yeah. get in contact with them? So actually, I've um, uh, been friends since the early days. Once again, uh, another guy that, that, you know, gave me a shot was... Um, I don't know if I should name drop him, but uh, he runs a big YouTube channel. Okay. Um, and uh, he reached out to me. He's the new, he's the new A&R of Bygor. And he's really, uh, I think, doing a great job with uh, the recent Bygor lineup and stuff they've been putting out. Yeah. So that was really cool. Because I, I know Gaps and Brute just dropped a track with them too. And those are some underground mm-hmm. up-and-comers. So, yeah, man. Gaps and Brute. That tune was sick. Like, uh-huh. Automate just went off on Bygore. Like, someone else really sick. And it's all these younger fools, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. All these younger fools, which is... I think it, like, gives a lot of younger producers hope. And also a lot of older producers, like, a run for their money. Right. So, like... Yeah. There is a lot of up-and-comers right now that are uh-huh. really putting their imprint on things, on the entire scene, and just, like, the trends in this genre. Uh-huh. It's it's cool to see, and it's cool to kind of adapt. Yeah, there's a lot of like, younger, younger kids pushing the envelope, trying new stuff. It's like they're trying. Mm-hmm. They're staying, like, within the lane, but they're riding the line so hard that, like, it's right. Just, it's, it's just it's new so shit. It's so pushing the boundary. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to music production, who are some of your inspirations? Like where do you who do you get motivation from? Oh man, I I can't have this conversation without mentioning Virtual Riot as like my number one. Yeah. I know yeah. He's, he's so many for so many people, but for me, he just encompasses all of the aspects that I love about this type of music. Um, his sound design, obviously, mixed downs. His, the way he melodically introduces things and just overall arrangement is just insane. His call and response. There's so many things I looked up, look up to him as a producer for. Um, you know, other guys early on were like company wooly those guys who were doing like the britum like heavy um not so much rid of me but like really heavy like the headbangy quarter- stuff it's it's just basically right. just like really hard like quarter notes right but yeah but i understand what you mean recently i've been yeah i've been pulling inspiration from from everywhere i've been listening to a lot of other genres i, I just love music i love metal i love some rap is really good. Yeah. Mm. What um? What's your favorite Virtual Riot song? Honestly, they're not even dubstep songs that are my favorite songs by him. One is called um, "With You." It's like a techno-y kind of. It was off of um, 
I want to say the throwback EP that he did with all those really cool songs. Uh-huh. And the other one is Paper Planes, which is a really old like drum and bass song with like mm-hmm. all these really cool melodic like vocal chops and stuff. I just love those two songs. My favorite dubstep songs by him. Oh man, it's just everything. Like I couldn't even pick a favorite. Like yeah, it's just so crazy. Yeah, and then his I th- his shit just sets such a mood and like goes with that in the track. I love that. I also think it's crazy listening to his music from uh from like a producing standpoint when you realize like how much actually goes into the track. Like I know you mentioned like call and response, right. and not a po- not a lot of like people just like know what you mean by that. But right. understanding that aspect of music and how well he is at it is ridiculous. Dude, exactly. Like you just nailed it. That's really when you are a producer, you really start on you're like, oh my God, this guy is like, you know. Uh-huh. It's, it's he's really good at what he does, basically. And there's so many people like that now. There's so many people uh-huh. I look up to and I'm just like, wow, these these guys are really grinding there. They're so good at what they do. Yeah, I think if if to put this in like a, a perspective that I think a lot of people would understand is if I would if I were to name like the top three, like probably dubstep artists that influenced the game in the past decade, like the last 10 years. Um, this is my personal opinion at least when it comes to production, it's Skrillex, Virtual Riot, and Sudden Death. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean... It's debatable. That's really good. Um, but I would say Barely Alive in there, too. Yeah. Barely Alive, their growls and all the stuff they used to do. They've just been machines at cranking out, like, absolutely insane music over like years and years like know? it's, so it's consistent. Cons- consistent as hell too right but yeah That's i think those I'm guys get to, yeah. mm-hmm. i think those guys just are making, really just see yeah, us staying on the same path keeping the momentum you right. have yeah, right making just better. consistent good music you know that's that's what all you can ask for what is your own favorite song of yours ah uh, because you got to have one, even if like yeah, going down to like when you started the project, like working right. on it and like so excited for the release, like what's your favorite track? Yeah, man, I know what you're saying. Ah, the one that keeps coming to mind is really Simulation off of that first the uh, Savage, Savage Select. Because so, like, that was my first comp. That was my first like... I don't know, really heavy, consistent tune. I feel like the mix down was like my best at the time. You know, I was getting really better at mixing down and stuff like that. Uh, I love the sound design in that tune. There's a lot of interesting things that happen. I got to say, yeah, simulation. simulation. Mm. Criminals, check that out. It's simulation on Savage I also Selection. like um, a very, very close second is my Hard in the Paint flip. I think you you either barely released that by the by the Salt Lake City show not because I know you showed me that track there yeah maybe it wasn't released yet or it yeah. was just 
maybe after. I think you um, said, um, this is my next release, and then you showed me. Yeah. That yeah. one's really special to me too because that got my first play out at that got played out at Lost Lands and that got played out at EDC Orlando on the main stage, which was just like absolutely mind numbing to me to like see that. That's awesome. Who were the artists who dropped them? Um, Jinx dropped it at a sound camp at, at Lost Lands. Um, she's a really cool producer DJ from Florida, uh, and AT Aliens played it at EDC Orlando. God I damn. still have no idea till this day how they got their hands on it. <laughs> that's crazy. I just saw a video. Yeah. You're like, oh shit, that's my song. Dude, so it was a funny story how I even fa- found out that they played it. So ED, uh, AT Aliens were playing a tour at the time. And one of my buddies saw them in the city. Uh, this kid, Nick, who does some of my artwork, really, really talented art, uh, artist. He's like, bro, you won't believe it. He actually did the artwork for that release. He's like, bro, ATLian just played your song. And he showed me like he got a little clip. And I was like, wait a minute. ATLian's just played EDC like yesterday. And it just so happens I went on YouTube and someone uploaded their full set. And I was like scrubbing through it like all like a... Uh, you know, so nervous and excited to see if they played it, and I saw it, and I just uh, it was really cool. So you you went through the whole set, the whole video, the to whole, find your track, the whole set, exactly. That's crazy. Mm. That's way crazy. Let's see. So you got a few songs with Savage Society, which is huge. You just yeah. released yeah. with Vigor. Do you have or can you announce? Any big ass tracks you got coming on the way with a record label? I might have. Uh, well, what's that? I'm sorry. Um. Oh, I was saying if you have any big future releases coming up. Yeah, I might have um, a big release coming off of another compilation, um, with. A lot of those guys we've been talking about. A lot of those up and comers. Uh, so I'm really excited for that one. I'm just gonna um, go out on a limb and I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop Rail Breakers compilation maybe. with them. Oh, that would be, that'd be tough. No, it's not them. I, I'll say it's not them. But I've I've been thinking about them definitely to send them stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really cool. But, I like them. Um, I like Bass Rush Records. They don't release too many tracks, but the shit that they do release is always good. Yeah, I've seen them too. I've seen them too. Um, but really, I think it's time for me to work on a small EP. Um, Ooh, that'd be tough. Really, really grind on, work on a small EP and maybe pitch to some of the big boys. Um, you know. That's what's really cool about Savage is, uh, yeah, I'm a part of the gang, but we'll all release with them and stuff, but we're all pushing each other to do bigger and better things. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's why it's just like an awesome fit. Yeah, because you can always travel up and you want to keep traveling up. You don't want to plateau. Absolutely. I feel you. Yeah, it's like a win for any one of us is like a win for the whole squad, you know? So Yeah. All right, I got a personal question. This is I'm interested in this one. Do you have a, a 
collabs in the works with Papa Chop. Oh, how did you? What did he hit you? <laughs> you getting the inside scoop to Nah, man, oh. nah. I just, I don't know why, but uh, I just felt like that is a thing. That's really funny, man. I just sent them stems really? the other day. So we, Dang. I can't confirm that. We, we got a collab in the works. If, I'm really um, stoked about that. Also, I don't even think that's like a, I don't even, if, know if a people know him by Papa Chop. So I don't even know if a lot of people even know who we're talking about. But we'll get that. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's huge. That's huge. I'm really stoked on that. Definitely. Yeah. Congrats, bro. Thanks, thanks. How's the, how are the, how's the show scene in, uh, in New York right now? Cause, cause so from, from obviously my, right now, I feel like people are, or like companies across the nation right now, are getting heavy backlash by still by trying to throw shows so early, which I understand. Yeah. Like I got offered a show uh, at the, I think it's this coming weekend, but I was like, and I don't, I don't think shows should be going soon. I was like, I, I, yeah, man. I'm going to take myself out of Not it. Not right now. Yeah. That's, that's a smart thing to do. I think right now, um, everything's so politicized and for a reason they're not having shows and stuff but um, the show scene right now is it's dead you know that yeah of um, course it's been a little de- demotivating even when there was big you know m- when everything was normal the city isn't the best uh, for dubstep scene they would have big acts roll through like PlayStation Theater but even that just closed down so, like, Excision yeah. would hit his tour there, you know. Um, I saw, like, Datsik there again before he got canceled, like, two years ago. R.I.P. But there's not really, there's not a good scene for uh, for underground stuff. Um, I actually, well, I played a, a really cool show with Festival Finesser. Uh, do you know that, him, Brian, Festival Finesser? He makes vlogs and stuff on YouTube. I don't know. He threw a show in Brooklyn and he had me headline that show and oh, with some sad. other underground acts, which is really cool. Um, but it's not, it's not like what I hear about some of these other cities like Denver and Salt Lake City. Seattle goes up too. Seattle, right, right. So it's really nothing like that. But I've been fortunate enough to get booked in other places. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I met I, about that. I met you like at one of your bookings. So yeah. Right. Right. Do you plan on staying in New York? That was the farthest I've went. <laughs> What's yeah. up? Do you plan on staying in New York or do you do you um, plan on making like I, some type of decision for yeah. music career? I really don't know right now. Um it's so uncertain, you know? It's so uncertain. The the future of the scene I feel like right now um but it's it's always on the forefront of my mind and it it sucks uh things are really just starting to pick up for me right before all this shit went down in America Uh I got like I literally played my probably my favorite show to date like right before this all happened I played up in Buffalo and it was like the biggest show I played. There was like a lot of people there. 
And I was like, man, I was, I was starting to catch that momentum, like just working on shit, playing shows. And then this all happened, you know, it's, it's a little discouraging. Dog, um, yeah, this ruined a lot of plans. Like I'm supposed to be in yeah. Washington. I ain't even supposed to be in Idaho. I'm supposed to be in Washington. And I don't even know if that's like, if that plans in like the near future, which saw Were you just going to move for like the scene and everything or? I was moving for a job, but okay. I, after the job, I was going to stay in Washington because of the scene. Like I wanted, okay. I think, I think your location um, has a lot to do with your shows, but when it comes to production, like you can do that anywhere. But, right. Like, yeah, I think you're more likely to get booked for local shows when you live nearby, like local right. promotion companies and shit like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I wanted to stay Which, in Washington after, but I mean, now I'm here. I feel you, man. Um, but to answer your original question, that's not really my goal is to get booked for for local shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. I do have a career here. You know, I'm in um, finance and insurance, and it. My my company's super cool with uh, me taking off to play shows and stuff like that. So that's always been my ultimate goal is to have something else where I'm I'm working, uh, making consistent money, and then always grind on my production, get bigger, play, get booked for shows, and always just have music as like my primary, like. Um, personal hustle that's like it's like yeah. my own favorite thing you know it's like an escape for me it's like it's something i love so much yeah i feel like as just as a human in general if you don't if you got to find something to like dive into that interests you because if not uh you'll end up devoting your life to like work and like absolutely ah, that, that shit's shitty so you got to have something it's so shitty. Yeah. And that's something that I think about a lot is like, I don't want my whole life to be work. And like, you know, I've actually had other opportunities to like make a higher pay or move on somewhere. But I was like, you know what? Now I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable what I'm doing now. I'm, I love where my music is going in my music career. So I'm going to keep grinding on this. Yeah. Like if you, if you that work life balance, man. Yeah. Especially if you got a, a real good situation there. Like you mentioned that your work's really cool with like you, you know, going to play shows and shit like that. So right. if you got a good relationship with your work, you're making good money and you still have time and motivation to like work on your own production. That's like, all I can ask for, bro. Yeah. There's no real reason to like switch up that situation if everything's good, you know? What absolutely, I mean? man. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. I I'm 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 just gonna toss this out there, but maybe you know at some point I can uh you know maybe possibly send some stems your way and then, but you never know you never. Oh know. man, just, I love working with stems. So maybe check your check your email here every every free. once in a while. You got my email. Yeah, it dog. It sucks that there's no uh there's no shows just because. Oh, I I feel like everyone's just trying to rush back into it because I think I saw this uh this video on Twitter and it was like Chainsmokers had a show in yeah I think it was in New dude it was it was right here dude it was so funny we I it was in uh the Hamptons and I was it was on Saturday in the Hamptons and I was out there I went to the beach with my friends and we passed this like field where like what the fuck they're setting up a concert right here. 
And it was the chain smoke I see on Twitter yesterday. They're like, the chain smokers just threw a show in the Hamptons on New York. Like, fuck all those people, this and that. I was like, oh my God, man. We saw them setting that up. We were like, we couldn't believe it. Dog, you should have called it a bomb fit or something because it was a drive-in show, but people ended up getting out of their cars Man. and going up to the front. And I'm just like, Dog. Of course. Literally like, like American. Stupid, bro. So stupid, man. This could be over. This could have been over, man. Yeah. But. Uh, it's, it's saddening just because uh, I, I, I got um, a few friends like Brandon, you know, in Salt Lake City. And then I got uh, another group Brandon. of friends here from Twin Falls, Idaho. The, their names are Active. And, you know, they're constantly doing shows, local shows and shit like that. But even though even though my main, like, hustle is, like, music, this podcast is super picking up, too. Absolutely. Or, or at least it's just fun, man. Like, one thing that I try and push, you know, how I mentioned – um. You got to have something that interests you that you can, like, you know, hit head you on. You can work toward. Yeah. I, yeah. I like one thing I like to push is just the, the act of creating something, whether it be music, whether you're like drawing or just something, creating art of any type of way. Um, like I heavily try and push on that mainly because, you, you know, you want to stray away from that, that like work work and live, work and sleep, work and sleep, uh, life. Cause that yeah, shit sucks, dude. man. That shit sucks. Absolutely. And like, it, if, it sucks. if that that's life, not what we're here to do, man, Hell like, no. we're not here to live in a cubicle for eight hours a day and then come home and fucking sleep and do it all over again. Like, and what sucks is like, yeah, it's so easy to fall into uh, a pattern that next thing you know, you're like, you're like high forties, low fifties, and you're like, "Fuck, bro! What the I fuck happened to my life? My life, yeah, 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 exactly." And that's my biggest fear, bro. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest fear, you know. Um, that's been the coolest thing about about my little journey so far has been all the cool people I've met and the experiences I've gotten from my music. You know, is I got to fly across the country and meet you and like a bunch of other cool people, you know, now we have a connection and I met people upstate, you know, I did, did a lot of cool stuff already. Um, Yeah. uh, You you meet some pretty cool fucking people. Like one of the most, uh, the most humblest fools that I met, like say helping Brandon out with up thugs um, or just all, all the, the shows when it came to like throwing shows and playing shows, the most humble guy I think I've ever met is Adair. Really? Yeah, bro. That that motherfucker's so cool and so. Oh, that's fun. sick, man. He's funny as hell too. Yeah, uh, he's a good time. Sick. Yeah, it was, it was real fun. I met Company. He was super cool, man. He played one of my tunes that night. Doug, that was crazy. It, like, it's crazy, like how many like cool people you meet. It's crazy. Absolutely. Like, a, like co- companies huge, but like, and like, I, I think Adair's pretty big too. But um, what's cool is Adair's in like an OG, man. Uh huh, exactly. He's got some fire shit from like back in the day. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he even he's has a couple releases, I believe, with um, Bygore in mm-hmm. like the, the, the early 2010s. 
I think one's called like 151. That track's tight as hell. I but, um, yeah, he, he's, I, I think he's probably one of the coolest homies that I've met. And he was just super chill. Like, came super, super down, chill. Like, um, gotta love that. Oh, and then uh, Calcium at that same show. And what was cool is like after the show, we went back to the hotel and we were just bullshitting with the dare. And while Calcium and I think Brandon were playing Fortnite like on the TV, like that was just a cool last night. Like, <laughs> we were up to like seven. Like, yeah, it was, it was a That's good That's dope. Night. That's dope. But oh, what I was going to say is like, it's really cool meeting these like big artists. But like when you talk to them and like meet them, like, they don't treat you like you're beneath them, man. Like they're yeah, just, they're they're so fucking cool. The overall like uh, I don't know fame you can achieve in this scene is relatively small. Also, you know, it's not like these guys are household names. So that's why I think a lot of them are super cool and like they understand like they were there not too long ago. Um, and they're just super cool and willing to to help you out. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause like a lot of a lot of those bigger producers, um, they offer production lessons. Right. And it's like you can learn from like some of the dons themselves. Yeah, which is crazy. Like and I like I, I love doing that. Like I think I do a few lessons with uh, or I've done a few lessons with Trent Cast out of mm-hmm. Arizona. Not not a lot of people know him. But he's so fucking like smart uh, with his when he's like when I'm learning from him because like he'll tell me one thing and then he'll tell me exactly why that tool comes out with this right pr- with this like product the final product I gets crazy I love that shit man yeah the motherfucker knows a lot I just gave a few lessons I've been starting to do that. Yeah, like I, I remember we got a lesson. And I'm still, we got I'm, a lesson. There. I'm still fucking with that with that sound design that I got out out of that. Awesome, that man! Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, so I'm still using that shit till this day. Trying to get my teaching skills up. Yeah, I think um, it's a, it's that type of thing that like you gotta do to like know what what the best way to do it is. You can't right. just like have one and then just be like, all right. Yeah, I'm a mm-hmm. fucking I'm a pro at this shit. No, nah, definitely. I've uh, done a few. I'm definitely getting better. Yeah. Um, kids usually just want to see like certain projects of mine, but that ends up being, I think, a little bit of a letdown because my projects are just so messy, especially my old ones. And it's like, oh shit, here's 200 tracks with like all this random bullshit going on. It's like 200 That's- tracks with like 100 tracks that are that are turned off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Turned off, muted, like automated off and on, like just yeah. crazy dumb stuff. Like uh get better with that organizing. I learned this little tip from you. Like if I really like the base of a sound and I could take it in so many ways, is um say if it's like I'm using serum in one track and I record it directly to like an audio track and then I fuck with them as like single shots. Right. Um I've been doing that a lot more often too. And like, oh, it's awesome. really helpful. Even with yeah, like, if it's so patterns, helpful. even if I, like, instead of fucking with like LFOs Just and like automation, LFOs. It, like instead of fucking with those automations, like if I just, re- if I like change the patch to an eighth and then I record it to the next track and then I can use the audio file instead of having to mess with uh, automations 
like yeah, yeah it, it can it can shorten stuff up and it's like almost like less room for error if i just have it be a completely different thing exactly Instead, I have one track one thing where so you're trying to change that one track continually yeah like yeah, I've I've started to record and do another track and start messing with that shit. And it could be just like no joke, one bar, half a bar, but like it's easier than trying to uh, move the initial, let's say MIDI track and automate it. And shit. Right. So yeah, like that's what, a huge thing of mine, and I think really a lot of guys are going toward that way, um, fucking with audio and manipulating audio. Yeah. I watch the production streams, and so many guys do that. I think it's a little more like consistent when it when when you're trying to like say when it comes to automating it for or post processing it. For yeah, mixing too. I think it's more consistent with mixing. Ever since I uh, started messing with audio more, you can really see. I don't know. It's just it's like an imprint every time, so it's going to be more consistent. Sometimes in MIDI, weird things happen. Yeah, know, like, like random can- weird things. And you can't figure out where yeah. the fuck or how the fuck it's doing that. Exactly. And then sometimes it pisses you off and you're like, bro, I need to shut this shit down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that I'll just bounce like one bit of the MIDI and just like mess with that. You know? Yeah, it sucks. Especially like it could be a simple thing. Whereas if like say you have an LFO on like uh, on your wavetable position, but you have it on like envelope instead of trigger and you're like, all right, what the fuck? Like, why is this not? Right, right. Like, right. Yeah, like, it could be so simple as a mistake like that. Um, mm-hmm. but it'll fuck your whole vibe up. So absolutely. Yeah, working with audio is a lot. Yeah, like you mentioned, it's like a timestamp. You can see exactly what the sound looks right. like rather right. than just a bar for the fucking MIDI. Dude, I've been making like some of the sickest growls I've made in blessing, actually. There's a few in the second drop, just with my own voice. Like I'll just really? record like wow wah like random noises into the into this mic, <laughs> pitch it down, and then I have this rack where it just growls like just like crazy. Just you know, just, just sine waves straight out the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Not everything's gotta come out of serum. Yeah, I think <laughs> I've I was some of my favorite um like manipulation that I've done to just audio track is a water droplet. And try, you just turned it into something so cool. Yeah, you know? try that. Try that out. Yeah, um, it, like it's such a simple and like almost like like um, thin sound that you can add beefiness you to can it. Can really add a lot. Uh, yeah, because I it's definitely a hundred percent easier to add shit to a sound than take away. Right. So and that that was like a tip that I've that, definitely done things like that before. Uh, that was a tip that Adair told me. He's like, don't overdo it in serum. He's like. All of my sounds come from the He's base a of a sine guy. wave. Yeah. yeah. Like, comes from the base of a sine wave. He's like, I don't, don't. He's like, number one tip, don't Ooh, overdo it in serum or mm-hmm. sound design. Like, don't, don't overdo it in a plugin. It's like the most of your sound and the best sound is going to come from post-processing. Absolutely. I, I totally uh, subscribe to that method. Yeah, but it, it's cool. Like all the people you meet and like, how much you guys talk about like production you always take one little thing away from something and and like that tip will hit you in the most random times totally man like totally. that that show with adair was over two years ago now and i still remember that it's like don't overdo it don't overdo mm. it 
Because it's like the simplest shit will stick. And then and that's, yeah, bro. That's what I feel about even each project. I feel like still to this day, to this point in my music production, I, every project I like learn a new little cool thing when you're really diving in, you know, and you're like, oh shit, that's a really cool, this after this plus this gives this kind of effect, you know, and yeah. this kind of sound with this effect on it. Or this mixing tip, you know, I put this on this drum and it sounded sick, you know, and I, I just carry that over and that's how you get better and better, I think. Yeah, like, I think one of my favorite things is like, there's a little, a little Chris the Crook tip is putting um a, a small, like, a small but open hi-hat on my kick. So, it's, so it kind of like explodes a little, a little more. yeah, yeah. 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 Adds a adds like a high end to any kick instead of like trying to grab high end from like an EQ. Right. I add in its own high end with a with a hi hat and uh-huh. like I I love how that shit sounds. Like yeah, there's this definitely. track I'm gonna send I'll send it over to you in a in Discord, but I have Perfect. that small hi hat over the kick and it just sounds like a little more poppy. And yeah, man. It's not yeah. it's not such a dull hit. And that's what's so cool about production is like that can be like your little thing, you know, like that's your like, oh, this works really good in this project. And then like, you just keep adding to that. And that's what makes your overall sound is just every decision you make in the door. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just fucking easy. It's easy, but it's not, you know what I mean? It's like when you get rolling, when, when the ball gets rolling on a track, like this shit just comes easy. Oh, like, it's there, amazing. There's a song I have coming out with this, uh, this record label called Death Star Cult. Okay, yeah. I think the the bass is out of Salt Lake City, and okay. I think the other the other owners out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. But I got a song coming out with them called Big Chunga, and that song it took me a week to finish, but that's because the ball was rolling and just crushed it. Yeah, you yeah. just got into it every day. Uh huh. When mm-hmm. when when that ball was rolling, like I jumped on it and I rolled all the way to the fucking finish line. That's the best, man. Those the, are like. The best sessions when shit just seems like it's like it's the perfect amount of you trying and focusing and also shit just happening basically mm-hmm. you know it's just like you're just like you're like subconsciously making decisions and like you start to get in that flow that flow state where you're like really not thinking too much and just just doing 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 and like mm-hmm. oh it's like all building off each other i love that man there's nothing yeah. better than a good session like that yeah, I think my favorite part about that track was, um, which I'm trying to take into like, you know, whenever I sit down to every session is, um, let's see, what's the best way to put this is being satisfied with what I'm making. So like, like if I like a two bar section, okay, cool. I'm done with those two bars, move on. And then right. move on and move on. Next thing I know, I got a full length track Mm-hmm. which is perfect and then i can go back and then change and things. really really massive things yeah. yeah because you can you can always change it and then that's a problem that i have with is that mm-hmm. like i'll get an intro and then i'll get a first drop but i'll try and i'll keep changing stuff in the first drop rather than just being like okay this drop is let's done. move like, on, move on. Right. yeah i think that's I, the thing that we all go through is like yeah. you know working on the loop for too long um and that that's where i'm at in a lot of my projects yeah it's just like 
I just got to learn to say, okay, I like this. Like right. move on. Just move on and maybe something else. I've done that where I've had like a whole first job. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let's just keep, keep chucking on this project. And then like I made the second job. I think this happened with On Attack, my song On Attack. I had basically the whole song in the second job. I just thought was so sick. Like I got so much inspiration from it. I just made it the first job. And then I made a whole nother second job. So like yeah. that first original job just got scrapped totally. And see like, and from that, it's like the fact that you said, okay, first drop's done. Let's keep going. If you right. kept working on the first drop, like that second drop would have just exist. Right. Probably exactly. not even exist. And you would have never gotten to it. And you could still be working on the first drop. I would have never got, yeah, to the actual two jobs that were in the song. Because the second job and then the, the second, second job. That's, <laughs> that is crazy to think about. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is pretty crazy, man. Yeah, so… I don't know. I think a nice tip is like, is is move on. Like if you like it, like move on. You can come back and make it better. I think yeah. it's easier working on a full track and then like finishing a full track and then coming back to it. And coming back because yeah. what I've really noticed um, more recently in my production, uh, whatever, like thinking that I'm getting better at production now is what I've noticed when I sit on a track for a few days, I can like start to instantly know what's wrong with it. I'm like, Oh God, like, what was I thinking here? And like change that and like make it way better, you know, then sit on it another night, listen to it in the car, come back to it, you know, with a fresh set of ears. Uh, That's, I think really helps me lately coming back with a fresh set of ears. One thing that I like is when I'm in, like, say I'm balls deep in a project and I I have momentum and I spend all day playing this project through in my head. I spend all day. Yeah, man. And I'll try and take mental notes because I say I'll come up with a nice little, like, LFO pattern and I'm just like, oh, shit. I need to, like, I need to keep right. that in mind. And then as soon as I get home, I jump on it. But like, yeah, when you're ballsy up in a project, like that project is the only thing on my fucking mind. All yeah, day. man. Same. One thing I do is I keep actual like notes on my phone for each project. So if I think of something, not like a, not like what you said, like an LFO pattern, but like maybe like, oh, I think in that intro, there could be something really interesting like a sparkly lead or something you know or like yeah you know just like thoughts you have about the project not necessarily like sound design things or like things you have to do yeah you know like vibe type of things and then you could try that out or like oh maybe in the intro i'll like do something cool with the sub and like switch up the the pattern for the sub and, or maybe you know, use a use a triangle was, wave instead of a sign right right yeah and you know you'll have those thoughts about a project i just write them down and then you could always try them out and if it's dumb <laughs> you just erase it yeah but i mean all production is is trial and error it's it's all trial and error and 100 percent. i think like you actually have to like try it out and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but you'll be surprised I, I'm sure you can back me up when I say this, but you'd be surprised how much shit you run into on accident. Dude, it's like all my best shit 
were like basically <laughs> accidents. You're like, bro, I'm accidentally a good artist. Was, yeah, man. <laughs> I said this. I did an AMA the other day. I was like, they're like, any production tips? I was like, really just use your ears. Be like, know what sounds good. Like after the more you do this, the more you know it sounds good. So then that basically allows you to make all these accidents and like, oh shit, that sounds sick and add it in your song, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's really happy accidents. Just uh, fucking experimenting, man. Everyone says it, but it's so true. Yeah. It's just about sitting down and actually devoting your time because like, I don't know, if you, if you, you can't force yourself to produce because if you sit down and try to have a session, but like your it's mind hard. ain't really in it. Yeah. Like you're, you're gonna come out with shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, you know, like you're not you're not gonna like the session you're about to have. Absolutely, it's gets, like for me, it's really frustrating when I try and do that. I'm just like, uh, like trying to make something so good, and it's like that's not the energy you need to make good music. You know, it has to happen. It has to be a give and take. Yeah, I think I think. It. I think maybe maybe a perspective that you could look at production is not necessarily trying to make something good, but finding something good. Because it exists. You just got to find out like where it's at. Absolutely, not, man. Yeah, whether it be, um, say it's like like on a on the sub, I like um, putting I like my sub. I'm making serum. Uh, putting some distortion on that sub, like yeah. it goes a long fucking erosion way. on the sub, gang. Erosion? You put erosion? Yeah. I, I I use a tube distortion. Okay, same shit. Tube distortion about seventy to seventy-five. Nice. And it and adds a nice little undertone. But I mean, you could you. If you want to get that real fuzzy sub? Uh-huh. That's what I've been doing is just erosion on wide noise. I think. And then uh, auto filter with a notch, and like towards the towards the low end. Really, just knocks. Yeah. Or you could be like ominous. The, at least this is how I, I think know he makes what it. He does. No, okay. What what I think <laughs> I he does. No idea. Is, um, man, when I listen to his shit, I'm just like, so <laughs> I'm not I, even gonna try. I think he has a sub, right? And then I think, say, if he makes it in serum, he also turns on the noise oscillator and puts on fucking white noise and cranks that motherfucker. Yeah, that definitely sounds. Uh, that's about just right. It sounds right, but I'm probably way the fuck off. Yeah, because because ominous is God. <laughs> he really is. But yo, I know you're in New York. It's getting late. It's a Monday night, so we'll bring this episode to a close. But. All right, brother. How I end all my episodes is I ask, what's one piece of advice or like uh, food for thought? I think I think that's what people say. I don't know, man. But okay. one message to fans, one word of advice. It could be about production. It could be about life. But yeah, what, yeah. I think I have a, a pretty relevant one and a good one that's been speaking to me a lot lately uh, as you move up the ranks. Um, music and just creativity in general is not a competition. That's another huge, huge key. Like what we were just saying, trying to force yourself to write bangers and just doesn't work, man. It's the only way to do it is to, you got to love it. 
Um, and you just got to get into it, be in the moment when you're, when you're making music, not thinking about, oh, is this sound like this guy or going to be better than this guy's track? You know, there's a lot of competition out there today, but the best shit doesn't, doesn't come from that. It comes from you loving what you're doing. Also, I think the best shit comes from by accident too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to capitalize on that is like the only competitor you should have is the last, yeah, the last time you sat down to make music. Absolutely. That's the guy you should be beating. Yep. That's it, man. And then my, I'm, I'm going to give a last message. Uh, this goes for like a, a producer, ma- mainly music producer aspect. But if you sit down and like we said, like if you're not in the mood, say to like you're just not feeling dubstep, try something else. Like, oh, try, yeah. Try some hip hop. Yeah, try some house. Huge but, key. I've been doing that a lot lately. I haven't been forcing myself to make dubstep. And uh, keeping that creative muscle going mm-hmm. is really, really cool. And it's really fun. And it, it keeps you want to… It makes you want to keep producing. Yeah. It, keep it, Keeping yourself busy, busy, like you said. Keeping that creative mind flowing. Like, right. Um, um, it's just a matter of… Like keep doing it because like once you start to fall off like you'll fall off and that's that that's not just about like music production like any ho- any hobby you have like as soon as you start to give yourself a little leeway like you'll get end up giving yourself more and more and more and next thing you know you haven't done it in like a few months that's so, it man so that's it absolutely stallion nick it was a pleasure meeting you and it was a pleasure reminiscing with you about yeah, that bro. the salt lake show Christy Crook, thank you so much for having me on. This was so dope. Uh, I look forward to the next time. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. All right, bro. Hit me up. I go hard in the motherfucking paint. Motherfucking pain.